radical listening is the ability to, without judgment, hear and connect and feel what another person is saying, doing, speaking, all of the things that encompass that human. It's the ability to listen without any judgment at all and from a place of just love and abundance. Because imagine if we did that, if we do that with our kids in our home, this is a practice we do with our son who is five and tells the most amazing stories, right? We listen from a place without judgment and it's absolutely focused on who that person is in that moment. So if this is something that you are thinking in my life, how can I implement this? Just start to have conversations with people and ask them questions about who they are to their core in their most authentic self. And then without judgment, take that on and feel it and breathe it and live it because then you are truly radically listening to another human being. Danielle is the mother of an underwater god from the lost city of Atlantis. Of course, she didn't know this when she gave birth to him five years ago. It's often that we'll hear of children speaking in languages unknown to them or sharing about previous lifetimes. Are they daydreaming or are they revealing something to us? Children are tuned in. Perhaps it's because they are closer to what we don't understand, or perhaps it's because they haven't yet been conditioned to unlearn all the wisdom they arrived here with. Either way, Danielle McCleary shares about what her son Owen has been teaching her and how she's been testing her own ability to listen without judgment. How can we let people be as they are? How willing are we to let our children lead? What would happen if we asked better questions and did a better job of listening? If we slow down and listen, our children have a lot to share with us about the natural world and the nature of what it means to be human. Danielle is a global motivator, senior soul cycle instructor, and the host of On the Daily Podcast. She's a proud member of the LGBTQIA plus community and lives in Los Angeles with her fiance, Breezy. As two toddler moms, we get to talking about how parenting is simply the ushering in of someone else's human experience. We are born perfect. Everyone from the maternity ward nurse to your old uncle knows for certain that each baby is a living miracle. Along the way, however, with the passing of time and the conditioning of society's expectations, we forget. And those babies turn to adults that cut us off in traffic, button line at the grocery store, and vote differently than we do. How do we remember the miracle? We explore the concept of radical hospitality and how listening is the ultimate welcome mat. You're listening to This Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Ali Nunzi. Welcome to a tender-hearted conversation with spiritual leaders and community innovators from around the world about understanding what shapes and drives people's way of being in the world every day by diving deep into their human experience, their behaviors, interactions, routines, rituals, beliefs, and perspectives. We believe once we understand people's human experience, empathy is created and true listening begins to happen. Through empathy and listening, tolerance is replaced with compassion, acceptance, and the understanding that everything belongs. Each of us belongs at the table. Your human experience belongs. My human experience belongs. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy. Danielle, welcome to this human experience podcast. I am so happy that you're here and that you chose to be here. Danielle is the host of On the Daily podcast, and our missions are so similar. 
one thing that I I kind of just want to come right out of the gate and say, what do you mean by the acoustic self? Yeah, well, first of all, hi, everybody. Um, I'm really pumped to be here. It's it's always so fun, like interviewing others, but to be the in the interview chair is always a welcomed experience. So I'm pumped to be here. Uh, the On the Daily podcast, yeah, it's all about finding the acoustic you, kind of helping people to peel back their own layers to become that most authentic, genuine version of themselves in whatever that looks like, right? Because everybody is so different and we're all our own unique human. How did that, you know, it's so funny because I heard that you actually had wanted to create this podcast for a long time before it actually took flight. and. I have a similar experience with mine. I mean, years, at least three or four years, I've been talking about starting a podcast. And then for whatever reason, maybe it was fear, or maybe it was just not having the resources to do it the way I wanted to. I don't know, but I did it. And so when I finally did it, I ever, that question's been coming up a lot. Like where did on the daily come from? And I think the acoustic you came from when I was 18 years old. And I'm 33 now. So this was like a while. I uh, was at the Hotel Cafe in Los Angeles, California. It is a performance venue for kind of up and coming artists typically. And they're more the acoustic performances. And I saw this performer and her name was Catherine Hudson. And she performed this beautiful acoustic set in this like pale blue hammy down dress with an acoustic guitar. And her voice was the voice of an angel. And I just remember leaving that performance, just really feeling um, lighter maybe is the word I'm looking for. So that happened. I forgot about, not forgot about it, but I went about my life. I actually like moved to England. I was living my life. And when I was living in London, I heard this song on the radio called I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry and immediately went and tried to learn everything about this girl and then realized that Katy Perry is Catherine Hudson. And it was the same girl that I had seen at the hotel cafe only a couple years before that. And it shook me to my core because obviously Katy Perry is a pop international, like pop superstar, right? But the girl that I heard at the hotel cafe was this beautiful acoustic performance. And I, I had this moment with myself where I said, wow, I think forever, I'm going to search for the acoustic version of people without all the layers, without all the synth, like the synthesizers and the remixes and the dance cuts and the dancers and the, the color. And not that any of that isn't great. It is. It's beautiful. There's always a time for it. But I just really love the acoustic version of people. And I think we get so far away from that as we let society shape us and we let other things in our life shape us. Sometimes it's nice to just remind people that that version of you still exists. And it's probably the one that people want more than anything, you know? Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I remember being, um, I was probably like nine or 10 years old and I was watching, I don't know what it was at this point, like some award show, like the Golden Globes or I don't know, MTV, I'm 35. So like the MTV Music Awards were a big thing in the 90s, you know? And I remember watching, I think it was like Jessica Alba or someone that looked like Jessica Alba. And I'm like, what if she accidentally wore her microphone into the bathroom? And I was like, oh, even celebrities poop, right? And it really altered mm -hmm. my <laughs> thinking of like, oh, these are just human beings. They're just human beings. And um, I remember the first, the very first time I ever went to LA, I was I 19 years old. And um, I was in a coffee bean and tea leaf and Britney Spears like walked in with just her. I mean, I know there's the whole Britney Spears thing that's happening right now. This is you know, free Britney, six, yeah, free Britney, 16 years before we had to free Britney. And she was just like doing her thing in a pink tank top and cut off shorts, like a regular old human being. And it really altered my looking at the way that we hold people on pedestals and all that, like mm -hmm. with all the, the makeup and then what occurs to 
me that the nor the normie over here, the normal person of like, mm. oh, I can never attain that. Or like they're just human beings also having a human experience. Their human experience happens to live in the realm of entertainment. Mm. Um mm-hmm. but I love I so that's really cool. First of all, I didn't know Katy Perry's real name. So that's cool. And um what a beautiful insight to have. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Cause like, I'm not a huge Kate. Do I like Katy Perry's music? Sure. I do. It's poppy. It's fun. I'm a dancer. You know, I grew up a dancer. Of course I like the music, but I'm not, if I'm going to sit down, I'm a country girl. Like I, if there's anything playing on my car radio, it's country music. If I am going to go to a concert, I'm going to try to go to an acoustic performance of Dermot Kennedy or Mumford and Sons or something. So it's, I, everybody's always, Oh, I didn't picture you as a pop girl. And <laughs> I always have to tell, no, 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 that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that there was a very like broken down acoustic performance that shaped me that then I had to kind of have a mind. I had to do mental gymnastics with a couple years later because it was so different. And so many layers had been piled on to that. Hmm. I love <laughs> I don't love it. And it's interesting how we'll compartmentalize people, right? Like, oh, I didn't picture you to be a, okay. And I like, like, I'm looking at you right now. I wouldn't suspect that you would be into country, you know? And it's such a, that also is a reminder that we can be all the things. All the things, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like we are intersectionality, all of us and celebrating what pieces of us that we are right like that's a part of I know my acoustic version of myself is that I really am multifaceted and it took me Mm. a really long time to realize that I didn't have to compartmentalize or hide away pieces of myself depending on what group of people I was with or what I was supposed to be doing or how I was supposed to be talking or acting Mm. I know that and this has taken me a really long time i mean i'll just save everybody here thousands of dollars of personal development workshops and talk therapy later that it's really when i look at my whole self then i become free to be who i am and it's the full self that's the celebrated self yeah So where do you think that like acoustic, like you said, your most acoustic self, where is that most showing up for you right now in your life? Well, I have a seven week old at home and I am am totally my most acoustic self. I don't think I've ever been more my most acoustic self than I am right now. In fact, I just changed out of, um, milk soaked pajamas to put on sweatpants just you know just like (laughs) the real motherfucking deal you know like it's um it's just so interesting and this is um she's our second daughter and with my first daughter I rushed back to work she was a preemie and I rushed back to work and I really pretended to like have my shit together and in hindsight I just look at what a disservice I did to myself so this time around, I did everything that I could to to just be as I am. And so um, mm. I'm coming at you live with about a cumulative of maybe an hour and 15 minutes of sleep last night. You know, and it's it's so interesting. And I know that you have a, a, a five-year-old, yeah? Yeah, he's five going mm-hmm. on 37. Uh, yes, our three-year-old. Yeah, she's a, a complete... Yeah. She's 21 years Mm -hmm. old in her heart and her soul. And so I'm I'm at this new place in my life where I'm like, I don't feel the need to force or fix anything. It's like, this is it. Mm. This is, you you want me? This is how you're getting me. And um, it took 35 years to learn that. And so I love that we're having this conversation. If there's anyone out there that's less than years on the planet earth and me learn, learn my lesson and do it now. Don't wait till you're 35 to just give yourself what you need and be fully who you are. And, um, even if Uh that means that you're braless covered in breast milk, you know, just like, do you, Oh my gosh, you just, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, I, I also went back to work after my son. I, 
I had a C-section and eight weeks I was back on my bike at SoulCycle teaching classes. And it was, I don't know. I mean, I think in hindsight, should I have waited longer? Maybe, but I also had postpartum depression and that is what healed that I going back and working out again. Cause you had a girl that was teaching, I was teaching 10 classes a week on a spin bike, right up until four days before I had my son. So to go from that to not working out all of a sudden, my hormones just went ape shit, bat shit, crazy, just all over the place. And so I went back to work, I think for my own sanity, which I'm glad I did. Cause I've, you know, I've always been, I love being a mom, but a mom, being a mom is not enough for me. So I definitely loved going back to work, but it's so funny that you said that if there's anything you can learn from me at 30, cause I'm 33. And so I'm like, if there's anything, I always say that if there's anything you can learn from me at 33, it's that don't ever try to, you know, overcomplicate or don't try to be something you're not. But then I think back to me in my twenties when I had to, everything had to be what I had to pretend I was everything I wasn't. And, you know, I kind of have these moments now where I go, maybe we all have to go through that so that when you come out on the other side of it, you know that, you know, the difference, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe we have to go through those moments where you're putting on, you're literally straightening your hair so perfectly that it will not move for the rest of the day. And you're putting way more eyeliner on than any person should ever have on their eyes. I was just thinking about eyeliner. Oh Oh my God. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, that's the biggest advice I give to like 21 year olds, less eyeliner. Less eyeliner. And get a skincare eyeliner on. In 10 years, you're not going to want that eyeliner. Don't tattoo your eyeliner on. Um, Right. Less eyeliner and start a skincare routine. Those are my biggest advice for (laughs) 20-year-olds. Yeah, I I think that's true. The the non-rescuing people from where they are, like we've all got to have that journey. And I don't know you can probably appreciate this. You know, the craze it's talking about how millennial women like side parts and skinny jeans and how out of touch we are. Okay. Well, there's a meme that says something to the effect of you get to where you're, you be comfortable with your body positivity and your mom jeans, because (laughs) we had role models like Christina Aguilar and Britney Spears. We had to go through the it couldn't be skimpy enough or eyelinery enough or glittery enough. Um, or all of those mm-hmm. things, right? So, you know, what I, I hear that there is to talk about too is like passing on, I, I can't believe I'm old enough to be saying this. Can I just say that? Like we're passing on wisdom to the next generation. And for so long we were the generation, you know? And so now the Gen Zers of the world, like we're in this um, intergenerational wisdom passing that's happening, you know, we're mm-hmm. living longer. Our parents are living longer. Uh, our generation's having children at much later in life. Um, like all of these things are happening and we, we get to pass on this wisdom. And though in each generation, we're having our own experience. So I, I love the millennials. I think millennial generation, we were the shit. Like we're the, we're the generation that we got to experience what used to be. And we kind of like helped bring in this new wave of technology. And we know both of it. I mean, I'm sorry. Everyone hates on millennials. And I'm like, I never ate a Tide Pod. So whatever. <laughs> And I know what a rotary phone is. And right, I know what a rotary phone is. I know that dial-up tone of AOL. Thank you so much. But also, (laughs) I um I have to give it to Gen Z and how self-aware they are at such a young age because that is something I was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And technology, social medias, all of these things are they're peeling back layers at a rapid rate. And we get to have conversations like this one or of podcasts about how to be your authentic. Like, could you imagine if our parents generate, like they probably don't even, they do now, but like 20 years ago, people were not having this conversation. No, my mom doesn't know, didn't know what a podcast was until I started one. My mom just tried to figure out how to leave me a five-star review without listening to it. 
So there's that. So go, mom. Thank you very much. Um, Thanks, mom. Yeah. You know, and just talk, <laughs> talking about our kids, it's like uh, our three-year-old. I know that she came here with a purpose, right? So whether you're a parent or not, it doesn't matter. I know that's all the thing that people like to shame people without kids. Um, and there's something to learn. I'm constantly learning from my three-year-old. And I could assume that you're constantly learning from your five-year-old is like, she came here with a personality pre, she's like pre downloaded, took her out of the box, like plugged her in and she was, her hard drive was already there. Uh, and it's been such a learning. And I, I think that's what accelerated me finally saying yes to doing this podcast and having these conversations is because I see mm. so wholeheartedly that we are, we all come here with a purpose. We come here with um, a lens that of course gets shaped by our families, the culture we grew up in, the society that is here and out, all that. Um, she's constantly teaching me to just be present. And right now we are in the stage where there is no longer dressing her in cute, hip, like little hipster Instagram outfits. Like she is opening that drawer, putting on what she wants to put on. She hates bows. She told me she hates the color pink. She, all of that. And I love her for it. And every day I'm constantly learning to be more like her and really mm. acknowledging where I need to stop making her less like us. Mm, I love that. When's her birthday? October 20th. So is she a Libra still or is she on the, is she a Scorpio? She's a Libra. She was due. So oh, she was a previous, she was supposed to be a Scorpio, but she is a Libra mm. and she will, the, the, the girl is destined to be some kind of um, lawyer. She'll debate you till the mm. end of time. I love that. She should hang out with Owen. Yeah. My son is, you know, he's five and if he's always been, um, very spiritually connected to like where he came from. And this is a conversation I've been having a lot lately about how kids are so tuned in to things that adults are not because they just came from the divine, they, wherever, you know, whatever your belief system is, whether it's God or the universe or whoever, you know, the, there's a divinity there. There's a light source that you come from. And I think kids are so, so, raw and able to just be who they are because they came from that so so recently so owen when he was about three he started talking about how he knows water language and i was like okay cool i like water language and this kid's always been obsessed with water so obsessed with water. I mean, he could, he could swim at one. I mean, he, he's unafraid of the water. He will run into the ocean without a single fear in his body. Um, and so he started talking in water language and, you know, we'd ask him, what is water language? You know, you know, what is that? Where does it come from? And he said, Oh, my, my other, my other life. And I was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. And he had a song that he sang in water language that every time he sang it, it was the same song. And we're not talking words. We're talking sounds. Like it's not words. And I don't know it. And he would sing it the exact same way every single time. So I'm about to take like a deep dive here. So I hope you're ready. He, so my friend, Kelly is a past life. She does past life regressions for people like past life meditation. She can kind of help you to determine if you've had any past lives and, you know, if you can remember any, whatever. So she told me one time, she said, well, one time when Owen's just coloring, just ask him what it was like to live underwater. Just really calmly, like you're having a conversation. So I did. And I said, you know, what was it like to live underwater? And Owen goes, oh, it was great. I, and I said, yeah, what was your job underwater? And he said, my job was to protect my people from enemies. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really awesome. And he goes, yeah. And I said, what was your name? And he said, I don't remember, but it started like with an O, like Owen. I said, oh, okay. Um, you know, was I there? And he said, yeah, you, you were a 
I had to defeat you. You were a really evil fish. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Um, and I said, where was this? And he said, Kigu. I was like, Kiku. He goes, yeah, Kiku. I was like, okay, wow. So I, I kind of just like mentally jotted down this conversation. And then I went back to him. I went back to Kelly and I told her and she said, you should Google Kigu and see what comes up. I was like, okay. So I Google Kigu and I had to scroll a little bit, but I find this it's, I didn't have to even click on the article. Like, you know, when you're scrolling Google and give you the title and then like a little little blurb so the little blurb what it was so the title had something to do with you know you know atlantis like the mystery city of atlantis it was some wives tale or some you know fantasy tale from atlantis and it said i the name was started with an o i can't pronounce it uh it said this person oh akarandai i think it was something like that uh, had the sole job of protecting his village of Kigu against invaders. And I threw my phone and I was like, I was sweating. I had hives. I was just, I was like, huh, what? And I told Kelly that and she goes, yeah. So he was probably an Atlantean. I mean, that was probably a past life he had. And listen, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not religious. I didn't grow up religious. I am spiritual, but I'm kind of open to all things. Like if you want to tell me about my past lives, like I'll listen. And then when this happened, you know, I just started talking to Owen more about it. And he, he tells me about a mom he used to have. I mean, he's wild and he's so brilliant. He constantly will tell me things like my dad passed away in January and he will constantly tell me that Papa is here. And I hear him talking to my dad all the time. My dad comes and visits him. He goes to school with him. He visits him in his dreams. And I kind of just got to the point where I said, I have no reason not to believe him because he has the capability to know things that maybe I no longer possess the gift to know because I've, I've grown up and I've let society shape me. And he is still so young and open and just came from there that he has, he has access, you know? So it's just really, I love that you said that, that I'm, I love learning from him more than I love learning from anyone else in my life. Cause he's just, he's brilliant and he's an Aquarius. That was the other thing. He's an Aquarius. So it's just, it's wild. We'll be right back to the second part of this episode. Have you been considering launching your own podcast? Are you podcast curious and are unsure where to start or how to begin? Do you doubt that anyone will listen? Are you stuck on all the podcasts how to use technology, remote recording, getting your podcasts on all the listening sites? Unsure about what you'll even talk about? What would you even call it? How will you get guests on that are worth listening to? If you're saying to yourself, oh my goodness, yes, then you're in luck because we've created an interactive workshop to support you. When I launched my podcast, I immediately got inundated with lots of people telling me they wanted to start their own podcast and didn't know how. I had all these questions too, and it held me back from launching this human experience for years. Don't do what I did. Instead, let us help you launch it. Join me and the producer of this podcast, Luca Petrucci, for So You Want to Start a Podcast? on Sunday, April 11th from 4 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern. This workshop will take you from ideation to creation of your podcast in a simple, fun, and impactful way. We're committed to every participant leaving with a clear understanding of what it takes to be a podcaster in a world where everyone seems to have a podcast. Clarity around who you want listening, what themes and topics you'll explore with your guests, and why your podcast must exist. And the confidence around the steps A through Z that will support you in having the absolute best launch of your podcast. We are here to support you in using your voice to make the impact that you are here to make. Learn more and register at nunzyconsulting.com forward slash workshops. The link can be found in the show notes of this episode. We can't wait to get you unstuck and on the mic. 
You are listening to This Human Experience with Allie Nunzi. Now enjoy the second half of our episode. This whole like notion of people being connected to what we can't see, well, I just think it's so interesting. When I was pregnant with our first daughter, I had three different psychics unrelated tell me information about my daughter, somewhat unsolicited. So I was teaching a yoga class one day and shout out to my friend Maxine, um, who will probably hear this one day, but she was taking my yoga class and I was really like newly pregnant. Like, I don't even know that we were sharing that information with people. And she came up to me after class and she said, you're having a daughter. And she wanted me to tell you that she picked, she picked you and Ray, my husband, Ray, like she purposefully picked you so that she could come here to do what she's here, what she's coming to do and that you all would clear the way for her. And then fast forward, I was seven and a half, eight months pregnant, maybe. And my, a friend who does Reiki, she, same thing. She, she came here, she's coming here to heal you and she's coming here to do what she needs to do. And then I had another friend, um, when my daughter's name is Joey, when she was about a year and a half, tell me the same thing that she's a third wave light worker and that she's, you know, came to do this very specific mission here on earth. And, and I believe, I believe that because what I see in her is her ability to be with things as is they're not, um, they're not doctored up. She's very literal. Um, she, like I said earlier, she's like a 21 year old, you know, like she just mm-hmm. has a new baby sister. And so people ask her goofy questions like, what does your sister eat for dinner? Spaghetti? And she'll say, no, she, no, she eats breast milk. You know, <laughs> she's mm-hmm. a three-year-old and she's like so literal. Yeah. And um, her ability to be that mature. And um, I remember we when I was eight weeks pregnant, I got my first ultrasound with our now daughter, Lucia, and um, brought it home slapped it on the fridge, you know, that, that whole nine. And she looked at it and just looked at me and said, Oh mom, that's my baby sister, Lulu. And then for the next like seven months, my husband and I thought about what we were going to name our daughter. And it, she kept persisting, like, this is her name. So I don't know why you guys keep talking about it. Cause this is her name. And then, um, lo and behold, my father-in-law had an aunt named Lucia. And so here we are, but it's like one example of a million since she's been here, like her listening is so clear and her Mm. ability to, to see without all the filtered stuff, like the layered on crap that we learn to layer on Mm -hmm. while we're here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My dad and my, my son were so spiritually connected that it's been really interesting watching because like, obviously I, I understand the spiritual realm. I understand light working. I understand Reiki. I surround myself with a community of people that that's their language. And so this has been something that I've been a part of for a very long time, but it's different when you go through it and you walk through it. So obviously when my dad passed and then he started giving me signs that he was here, like communicating, I'll be, I was standing in my bathroom and like my toothbrush randomly starts vibrating, like random stuff that like I've had a toothbrush a long time. It's never turned on by itself, you know? So it's little things like that. I'll ask him for a sign. Immediately I'll get one. Like my dad is brilliant at that, but my son and him were so spiritually connected and so close that I was really worried that this was really going to hurt Owen. Cause he's only five, you know, he just turned five, but it's been very interesting because he's so clear that Papa is not gone. Papa is just no longer the way that Owen said it. Papa's not gone. Papa is just no longer in his human body. And I, Mm. I was like, you're, you're five. First of all, how do you have that kind of self-awareness? Because I know that. And I'm still sitting here going like, I just want to hug my fucking dad. Like, I just want to call my dad. I don't want to hear him on the other line. And I just want to hug my fucking dad. And Owen's just like, no mama, it's okay. Because Papa is still here. He's just no longer in his human form. And then he said to me, Papa sees more now than he ever has. And I just, it's just wild. It's why it's to learn that from our kids, because 
I too have had a lot of people come to me and tell me that Owen is an indigo child. He's here for a specific purpose. He's here to heal the world. And, you know, and that that's kind of rang true ever since he was born. And it's kind of sad watching him get to be five and see society start to kind of fill his head and, you know, kind of shape him a little bit. And we're, we're fighting really hard to keep him who he is, which is this free spirit loves everyone, no judgment child, but it's, it's interesting. You'll see, like, even with Joey, it's, you'll see her at, as she starts to go to school and go through the motions all of a sudden. I mean, my fiance Breezy and I have been together now for almost four years. We've been engaged for over a year and Owen has never known anything different. And then t- two weeks ago comes home and goes, mama, you and Breezy can't get married because only boys marry girls. And I was like, screw what? Like, who told you that? And he's like, nobody told me that. I just know it. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, well, you know, I, my best, one of my best friends, Chris Chandler, I was like, well, uncle Chris and uncle Brad are married and Kelly and Kelsey are married. And, you know, you have all the, we, I start naming off all of our friends who are married that are same sex. And then he kind of just looks at me and he goes, okay. And he walks away and then breezy and I look at each other like, what the fuck? Like who told him that? But it's so interesting because he would have never said that a year ago. You know, he would have been the one that's like, people can marry whoever they want, but it's just, you know, society comes in and they try to, I I think that's stifling, you know, that I just can't, I can't get down with. Yeah, totally. And how they'll pick up on, like they get indoctrinated by these social cues of what's normal. I'm air quoting right now. You can't see it, but I'm air quoting what's normal and you know, what's not Joey's in daycare right now. And she'll come home and she'll ask about, um, like parental dynamics. Like why doesn't so-and-so have a dad? Why, you know, and you can just see her start to make meaning of it all. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, it doesn't actually mean like this was f- totally fine before she started to try and overcalculate these things. Um, yeah, which is such a reminder for me when I think it's supposed to be one way, you know, and it can be a mult, like just so many ways. It's an interesting thing, this whole parenting phenomenon, um, to, I get in real time that each person is here for their own human experience, or as you would say, their acoustic version of themselves. And I'm always learning how to, to be. So like what we're talking about right now is what I would call the third way, like really embodying empathy and compassion and really holding people to be fully who they are. And, you know, if you're home and you have kids or you have nieces and nephews, you know, what is the way that you can be just notice within yourself? Like, how can you let them be as they are? Let them be fully as they are, even in, you know, here in the U.S., like we've got so much structure that supports mm. the normative ways to do things. And even in that, how can we allow each other to exist fully in our own expression? I just believe that when we do that, that's how we'll create progress in the world. And And I know this is a bold statement, but it's my podcast, so I'll say this. I really believe that we'll only start to heal the world when we can master this. And it's as easy as like, go look at your kid and just like, you know, the day that you were born, your mom didn't look at you and roll her eyes and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe this thing has brown hair and brown eye, you know, whatever, like everyone that looked at you, the nurses, the janitor, the doctor, your parents, your family, like they looked at you and thought, holy crap, this is a literal miracle. And somewhere along the line, we unlearn that. And so that leaves us with what it leaves us getting frustrated with the way that people are, the way they talk, the way they believe the the choices that they make. And though, even at you being 33, me being 35, we still are that perfect little Buddha that we were when we were the day that we were born. And Mm -hmm. we've been shaped by the culture and society around us, the things that we've inherited from our family line. 
And I know that it's mm-hmm. just a personal practice for me to everybody that I interact with, everybody that I see. And listen, full disclosure, I, I totally fail at this. And that's why it's a practice to let them be how they are, like really be with people and look for their little perfect Buddha day one self. Yeah, I think it's a... um I call it letting the kids lead. Like if we're talking about our children, I always say, let your kids lead. And I don't mean like, let them walk all over you and not be the parent. I'm saying, let them lead. If, if they are, if they have an idea about something or, you know, I've seen so many times and I'm not a a parental child. Like I'm not a child psychologist. I'm not one of any of those things. I'm a mom. That's it. And one of the things I've learned about my son is that if I try to stifle his creativity, cause he he's wild, he'll tell you a story for 20 minutes that has nothing to do with our, the reality that we can see. But what I've come to learn is that may not be untrue. It may not be a false story. That's the truth that he's experiencing in this moment. And what if we applied that same thing to the human experience of other adults that we interact with, right? I call it radical listening. What if we all practiced Mm. radical listening with other human beings? And instead of listening, like instead of having conversations with people to, in an effort to be understood, what if instead we seek to understand? Imagine how much different the world would be if everybody tried to more understand and meet people where they were at I consider it a superpower that if you have this power, you are a super, a literal superhero, especially in the world that we live in now, this 2021, 2020 era, um, where everybody wants so quickly to judge everyone else. What if you're the person that can have genuine, loving, open conversations with people that you may disagree with, fully admitting you may disagree with that person. You may have different values. You may have different religious beliefs, political beliefs, uh, you know, spiritual beliefs, whatever, whatever it may be. And you can still cut through all of those layers to really just learn what makes that particular human tick, what that particular human needs, what that particular human loves, what lights them up, what doesn't light them up. And you can find common ground there by radically listening and seeking to understand. I mean, just think about how much different of a world would be. And I completely agree with you. That's how we heal the world. That is 100% totally how we heal the world. my language. Yeah. We call it on this podcast, we call it radical hospitality. You know, like just how do we roll out the welcome mat for every single person, no matter what, let people in. But yeah, I agree. It totally starts with our listening, right? And that's um, one of the most challenging things of our time is how do we teach people with no listening, like just like shut off. How do we teach the people with no listening how to listen? And it's through just simple conversation. I am changed. I was at here um, on the East Coast. We have something called Wawa, which is our gas station and convenience store. And just a few months ago, I um, was in there, I don't know, buying whatever, a bottle of water or something. And I remember like asking the cashier, like, how's it going? How did your day go? And this man behind me goes, ma'am, I've never heard someone be so kind before. And all I did was ask the person. I mean, maybe it's because we live in New Jersey, you know, but when we're real East Coasters, but I was left like so impacted by that 30 second exchange. Cause then he went on to be like, I have, you know, like when's the last time that someone genuinely, you know, I was just going around being me, but I also have this practice of, I asked it not to be nice. I asked it because I genuinely wanted to know, you know, like this man's working in a pandemic and I just asked, right? And then now the whole line at Wawa behind me is talking to each other just because I said, how are you? How's your day going? And it was this really wild Mm. moment of what if we just did that? What if we just said, hi, and we looked each other in the eyes? You know, um, a lot of the guests on this podcast, we've talked about extremism. We've talked about um, 
polarization. We've talked about movements and politics that polarize and and, and belief systems. And it, if you're listening at home, what I want you to hear right now are what are the ways that you can be in the world? Sim- it, you, listen, you don't need to be well-spoken. You don't need to go read every book on, um, I don't know, social justice. You don't okay, do that. And though, look people in the eyes and ask them how their day is going. The, that mm-hmm. kindness will cure mm-hmm. the world. And that's not like some hippie bumper sticker. It's a genuine, it cuts right through all of our bullshit. Well, right, because you can learn the human experience of other humans. You know, even if you read those social justice books, those were still written by one or maybe two or three people. So that's the experience. Maybe they're speaking for other people, but at the end of the day, you to learn the experience of that person, you need to have a conversation with them. And I think you said, like, how do we get people to listen who don't listen through storytelling? Mm-hmm. Through through platforms like this, where we get, give people platform to share their story, you know, because there, there is beauty in storytelling and there's beauty in communication. Like you said, you know, we had a similar situation. We were in San Diego and there was this girl, we went to a a smoothie bowl place and there was this girl working literally by herself. And there was a line around the building and everybody wanted their acai bowls. And my fiance and I are watching this girl run around like a chicken with her head cut off, just so like stressed out. And so I had to go back up to get my son a little bit more honey for his waffle. And I said, you know, you just so you know, I see you and I see how hard you're working. And I imagine that you were not meant to be here by yourself today. I've worked in a place. I worked for Starbucks for a long time. I know the stress when somebody doesn't show up for their shift and you still have to do your job. And so I don't know how people are treating you today, but just so you know, I see you and I see how hard you're working and I really, really, really appreciate it. And of course, like gave her like a giant tip, but it was more just then all of a sudden, like you said, all of the people behind me heard me say that. And then everybody got less tense. Everybody's shoulders rolled back. Everybody started breathing and smiling again. And it's just a nice reminder. You know, you have no idea what the person next to you is going through. And unless you're willing to have the conversation and ask that you're never going to know their human experience. If you don't ask, you just won't. Yeah. And the world gets made better by just an ounce of compassion and empathy. Yes. Because imagine if that turned into a lot of compassion. Totally. And if you get nothing out of this conversation today, just leave with this. Like, It's a phrase that I've coined called objective empathy, right? At the end of the day, you know that it is challenging to be a human being. We are all getting out of bed in the morning and doing the very best we can with what we know. No matter how grand or limited our wisdom, our knowledge or experience may be, we are we are all doing the best we can with what we know. So as you move throughout your day, move through that, like just put that lens on, put that filter on and see how your day gets changed through the lens of objective empathy. You know, your ability to see people in their wholeness, regardless of if they cut you off in traffic, if they cut in line, they said, you know, looked at you or said something nasty, right? Or even um, even something that really offended you. This is a practice that I'm in right now is like, when people say something that I take offense to or it's um, incorrect, just noticing where I perk up and I want to just like, I want to attack them back, like take the pause and really listen for where is this coming from? 99.999% of the time, it is a projection of something that they have going on for them. And in that moment, what's needed is not my innate desire to put them in their place. What's needed is for me to just forgive them, offer them grace and move on. Yes. Like 
you just you just nailed it the whole like when you said wholeness that is just so and i like that you say objective empathy because i have always just called it radical i like radical thing radical empathy but i guess that's we're saying the same thing it's it's just the ability to empathize with a human and empathy is so different than sympathy right like i don't give anybody sympathy i give people empathy and that is the ability to say i may not know what you're going through but i'm here and i see you and your truth matters period i just i hope that we can get to that area in our lives i mean what a beautiful, beautiful planet we would live on if everybody did that, you know? Yeah. And if not us, then maybe Joey and Owen will be on a platform someday <laughs> preaching the good word of 100%. empathy, grace, listening, all of that. So kids, if one day in the future you're listening to this recording, that's what we're tasking you with. Uh, but Danielle, this has been so enjoyable. And um, on a personal level, I'm just so elated that there's someone else on the planet Earth that sees this work and is also creating projects and having conversations where we can support people in their working of their empathetic muscles and uh, really out to change the world simply by being who we are and um, enjoying each other. So thank you so much. Well, I completely 100% fully agree with you. And I just, this, yeah, this has been awesome. We're going to have to do a part two and part three and part four. I feel like we just, yes. there's, we could have gone on for hours. So thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And Danielle, if you would just tell the listeners today, where can they find you? Yeah. So you can find me at Danielle underscore on the daily on Instagram. Um, if you are in LA, you can take my soul cycle class. If you are into podcasts, which if you're hearing this, you probably are. You can find me at on the daily podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find the podcast at on the daily pod. And I think that's, that's it. That's the best places to find me. So come say hi, slide into my DMS. I respond to every single message I get. That is a fact. That's awesome. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode and being a part of this important conversation. I hope it has you spreading more compassion, acceptance, and understanding throughout your community. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe button, write us a review, or share it with a friend. And connect with me on Instagram at Ali Nunzi. Share what you learned and loved about this episode on your social media accounts and tag me. New episodes drop every other Wednesday, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.